Welcome back, everyone. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. One more hour to go. Lots of football to talk about in this hour. We'll talk some Notre Dame, some high school football. Right now, though, catch you up on a very busy day of sports. We've got the star of the show, Network Indiana's Nathaniel Finch. Nathaniel Finch here with Network Indiana Sports. They call them the Rally Reds. And I'll tell you what, as I'm speaking, Ellie De La Cruz goes streaking across home plate. We're in the top of the ninth. The Reds just took the lead 5-4 to four off of a Spencer Steer double. That was just feet away from being over the fence in center field. Here's how they tied it up. They were down 4-1 for the majority of the game. Line to right. Base hit. Marte scores. Extra bases for Stevenson. A standing RBI double. It's a one-run game. The tying tally in scoring position. Tapper, Siani breaks. Backhand, pump, flip to first. Tie game. McLean out at first base. Siani scores. Friedel to third. And it's even at four in the ninth. Then they get to the top of the tenth. That's where we're at right now. Again, now Cubs with the one-run lead, five to four on the road against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Ellie De La Cruz, the leadoff man at second to start extras, he crosses the plate. Now Spencer Steer stands at second, and we will see how the rest of this contest goes. I'll continue to give you updates not only throughout the rest of this hour, but also maybe throughout the next five minutes. It's such a quick-moving game. Excited to see what the Reds can do. Some games that have already went final. Cubs beat. The Pirates 10 to 6 in Pittsburgh. Here is a couple hits as to why that one happened. And Hap on a line pass to Diving Joe into right field for a base hit. Talkman around third. Swanson hot on his heels. Two run score. It's a two run double for Ian Hap, and the Cubs have a 5 1 lead. A little bit later on, here's Seiya Suzuki. This was after that 5-1 lead. They got up to an 8-1 lead. And all of a sudden, the Pirates started fighting back. But this, big reason why the Cubs got the win. Movement yet for Bellinger as Suzuki lines it in the left for a base hit. Scoring is half. Bellinger going to be waved around third. The throw hits the cutoff man. Headed for home. It's wide. Two-run score on the hit by Suzuki. That breathing room for the Cubs. They're up 10-6. And now to interrupt regularly scheduled programming. The Reds score again 6-4 the score. Another double brings in the guy from second. Puts a guy on second. Now Christian and Carcion Strand is going to come up here. 0 for 3 today, but now here's a chance with a guy on second and no outs. The Rally Reds as they call him. My goodness, they are... Looking good right now. Those red highlights earlier from Bally Sports Ohio. These Cub highlights from Fox. Let's get into some other scores for today. The White Sox beat the A's 6-2 in Chicago. Cardinals lost to the Phillies. This one in Philadelphia. Zach Wheeler, a great pitcher today for the Phillies. 12-1 that final score. Phillies with the win. Astros defeat the Tigers. 9-2 was that score in Detroit. The Guardians fell to the Blue Jays. 8-3 the final score in Canada. Some other scores from outside of this Midwest area. Orioles beat the Rockies 5-4 at home. Braves on the road beat the Giants 7-3. Mariners 15-2 winners over the Royals at home. Red Sox home winners 8-5 over the Dodgers. Mookie Betts playing his old team. The Red Sox get the best of them. The Rays 3-0 winners 
Over the Yankees at home, they have been so good at Tropicana Field this year. The Nationals, they beat the Marlins on the road 3-2, to two, stole the lead in the top of the ninth. Marlins couldn't get it done in the bottom of the ninth. Nats win that one. Brewers 5-4 to four winners over the Padres. I'm going to give you an update on the standings as soon as this Reds game is over of the ever-important NL Central. Then we got the Rangers, 6-2 to two winners over the Twins at home. They get off the schneid after a big losing streak. Max Scherzer gets it done. Angels beat the Mets on the road, 5-3, to three, that final score. All three Indiana MILB teams lose. The Indians fall to the Iowa Cubs, 4-3. The South Bend Cubs fall to Cedar Rapids, 14-5. Fort Wayne loses to Great Lakes, 5-0. Welcome back, everybody. This is Indiana Sports Talk, and it's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. High school football tonight. No, I do not have my nights mixed up. Last night, we talked to David Deaton from WKLO, and we talked about a rain-delayed game between North Harrison um, and uh, North Harrison and who? David, who was it? North Harrison and... uh, David, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. It was North Harrison. North Harrison and Scottsburg. So we played this game, right? We played this game tonight or this afternoon. Tell me what happened. Well, we actually started at 6 o'clock this evening, so we just kind of picked up where we left off last night. North Harrison had scored a 96-yard touchdown run last night to make it 7 to nothing, and and they were about to kick off to Scottsburg when the lightning hit. We had three lightning delays last night, and the third one was the last one that we had about – uh, a little after 9 o'clock, we found out that we were going to be pushed back to 6 o'clock this evening. So we are able to get the game in. No rain around the area, thankfully. That helped a lot. And so North Harrison came out, and they went with an onside kick right out, right off the bat and recovered it at the Scottsburg 34-yard line. And so the Cougars went to work on a 10-play drive. They scored a touchdown on the ground and got a 14 to nothing lead after Peyton King, who was one of the fullbacks on the team, went in from eight yards out. So they got a 14-0 lead. Scottsburg would come back with a passing touchdown late in the first quarter. Their sophomore quarterback, Nathan Bird, who was 12 of 20 for 188 yards and three touchdown passes, ends up uh, completing a 37-yard pass to Langdon Holbrook for a touchdown. They get 14-6. North Harrison would come back in the second quarter with a Will Leffler touchdown. He's the other fullback along with King in North Harrison's offense. So that made it 20-6 after the extra point was blocked. Scottsburg would come all the way back to tie it at 20 with 8.18 to go in the third quarter. They did get a touchdown in the second quarter as well. So they came back to tie it. North Harrison went on a methodical 7-minute, 27-second drive that went between the third and the fourth quarters. David Langdon, their quarterback, ran a really good fake and got out in the open for a 16-yard touchdown run. And then they capped it off with Bryce Fessel, the sophomore running back, dashing in from 17 yards out to make it 34-20. to 20. So North Harrison ends up getting 337 rushing yards on the mm, night, Coach. Mm. And Colton McKinney, who ran in the first touchdown last night, was held in check a lot more tonight. He only had 26 yards today, but he ends up with 122 yards total to lead the Cougars. Six different North Harrison players got carries, and they all ran for at least 17 yards in this one as well. Scottsburg really had a good game through the air. North Harrison shut down their run game, held them to to 38 rushing yards, 2.2 yards a carry. So a good all-around effort for the Cougars, but Scottsburg never quit and really showed a lot of determination on their home field. 
tell you what, you know, this this was a lot of action, a lot of a lot of big plays in this ball game. Am, am I right? And you know, you're trying to if if, if you're you know expecting to win, you got to capture that big play uh, part of the game. You got to have more big plays than they do, and I think that, that certainly bodes well for North Harrison. Yeah, it really did. And North Harrison was kind of their usual methodical self with Coach Mark Williamson. They like to run the football, like to run the power run game, and they did that very well. Got a few good runs in this game tonight, but they were just really good about taking their time down the field and got some mm-hmm. big runs here or there. The 96-yarder the last night was obviously a, a huge touchdown to start it off, and little did we know that the delay would come soon after that, but you know, the, the Cougars really did a good job banding together. Offensive line blocked well most of the night. Scottsburg had some really good plays from their defensive line as well. They really did a good job up front containing some of those bigger runs. And for North Harrison, the, the key this year is balance because last year they graduated Sawyer Wetzel, who went for 1,500 yards, and right, he was kind right. of their do-everything back. But they've got about five or six guys, including their quarterback, David Langdon, who can carry the football this year. So that makes a huge difference, having that depth in the backfield. And it's something that can really carry North Harrison forward if they're going to compete for a Mid-Southern Conference title this year. You said Sawyer Wetzel a lot last year. I mean, every time we would talk, it was literally the uh, Sawyer Wetzel uh, recap because he was prolific in a lot of things he did. Yeah, he really was, and he had a couple 200-yard games last year. Of course, his older brother, Skyler, is actually now the JV coach. He just graduated from Hanover College back in May, and so Skyler has come back into the program. He was a receiver on their 2017 sectional runner-up team when they went 11-1 and that year, the best North Harrison record in school history. So, yeah, Sawyer was a, a big loss graduation-wise and definitely had an impact on the team, but Got a few guys back from last year who were his backups, and those guys have really stepped up so far through the first two weeks and have really run the football well. Offensive lines blocking well in front of them. They've gelled together really well in the offseason. So this is a team that's got a lot of weapons and a lot of guys who can do some different things, and all the runners that they have in the backfield can all do different things. So makes them a lot more versatile and a lot harder to scout. David Deaton from WKLO. Big win, North Harrison over Scottsburg tonight. Thanks, David. Have a great week. Thanks, Coach. You too. The Rally Reds, here is what they have done lately. So the game started one nothing Arizona. Then they put up a three spot in the bottom of the fifth. So all of a sudden, 4 nothing. The Diamondbacks are dominating. Cincinnati not able to get much done. Guess what? One in the sixth. One in the eighth. Makes it 4-2. Two, two in the ninth. Ties it up at four. Three runs scored in the top of the 10th inning, the first extra inning. They currently lead the Diamondbacks 7-4 to in Arizona. My goodness, Alexis Diaz comes out to try to close this one out. What a game this one has been, and it started really weird. Fernando Cruz played very well. The starting pitcher today is typically a reliever, pitched an inning and a half, or an inning and a third, that is, so we saw four batters, struck out four batters. How about that? He did allow a run, so he saw five batters total. Then we saw Mole come in for an inning and a third. And then Ben Lively came in, typically a starter, comes in in the middle of the game, pitches five and two-thirds innings, pitches pretty well, throws five Ks. Jabot comes out in the eighth. Diaz trying to close out the bottom of the tenth here. Just a very interesting lineup here for the Reds, but hey, it's worked. They're currently leading 7-4 to 
bottom of the 10th inning. Can't wait to see how this game goes. Let's take a look at some other games. Cubs win 10-6 against the Pirates. White Sox win 6-2 against the A's. Cardinals fall to the Phillies 12-1. Tigers fall to the Astros 9-2. Guardians fall to the Blue Jays 8-3. As far as minor league baseball, not looking good either. Indians lose to the Iowa Cubs 4-3. South Bend Cubs fall to Cedar Rapids. Colonels 14-5. And the Fort Wayne Tint Caps fall to the Great Lakes Goons 5-0. Welcome back, everybody. This is Indiana Sports Talk brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Minor league baseball, not a good day for the South Bend Cubs. Brendan King joins me, the voice of the Cubs. They lose 14-5. to This was a tough night for the good guys. Tough night tonight. Great night last night. 18-2 last night, Coach. We texted, we texted about that a little earlier. Uh, it, it's probably the weirdest 48-hour swing of the season where the, the <laughs> yeah. Cubs, put up, Cubs put up 18 runs last night. That's a season high. They had 20 hits. They had five home runs, all of those season highs. And then tonight, uh, the Colonels kind of did what we did to them last night to us, where they had two homers, they scored uh, 12 runs in the first three innings, and uh, there, there was just no room to uh, come back from that, Coach. It was uh, all Cedar Rapids for sure. So, yeah, I think the weirdest 48 hours I've called in a long time and definitely the most runs I've seen in a long time. Uh, back to back nights, no doubt. It was a little crazy. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, last night I was expecting the call, and then I get the, I get the text today going, craziest night of my life. <laughs> the thing just kept going <laughs> on and on and on. And, you know, it's you know it's great if it's you guys getting all the hits, but it's the other way around. Yeah, last night was crazy because, as I said, I mean, we played a three-hour and change game, and, uh, you know, I'm looking at the clock, and I'm still on the air. I'm doing post game. I was like, I'm not going to get the coach, so uh, I, I'm sorry about that. I hope you had plenty of callers on a busy Friday night, but um, we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tonight definitely not the same, but uh, hey, man, always happy to chat with the coach, and uh, hopefully we can get back at them tomorrow because it is a uh, opportunity for a series split tomorrow afternoon, two o five first pitch, and uh, you know Cedar Rapids they're already playoff bound. All right, one of the good things is one of your former uh, South Bend Cubs with the big club right now. Oh, man, Jordan Wicks. What can you say, Coach? He was a South Bend Cubs. No, seriously. Yeah, what can you say? It was outstanding. Big league debut. You know, he gives up a homer in his first inning to keep Ryan Hayes. And, uh, yeah, I think that could set back a lot of young pitchers. Not Jordan Wicks, Coach. He's probably, when it comes to mental fortitude, one of the best I've ever seen. Uh, Out of Kansas State, first-round pick. Remember, he was with us just last year, uh, part of that Midwest League championship team, and tonight goes out there in Pittsburgh after a call-up from AAA. I couldn't be happier for the guy. And, Coach, I told this story on the air tonight. I'll never forget Jordan Wicks' last game as a South Bend Cup. It was a hot and sweltering, just melting day in Peoria. A tough night to pitch. The humidity level was like 70%. Uh, for most pitchers, they could just decide to pack it in. Not Jordan Wicks, right. Coach. He went out there last July, five innings of scoreless ball uh, where he struck out ten batters. That was a career high on probably the worst day to pitch ever. And that guy is an absolute gamer, and I have no doubt he's going to be an awesome Cub. 
We had an excellent day today. I, I know that, and, and the excitement level. And you've talked about these this abundance of young talent uh, in the Cubs organization, which you get a chance to see on a daily basis. And how can you not be excited about the future? Well, here's the best part, Coach. There are just more on the way. Uh, the way the Cubs have drafted uh, Jordan Wicks is just the tip of the iceberg, and that's no disrespect to Jordan Wicks. That just means that the Chicago Cubs have drafted well and they have developed well. And, man, again, Coach, I, I just can't have enough to say about a guy like Jordan Wicks who is probably the most talented lefty I've ever been around. He's got a big league changeup, clearly, because he's now in the big leagues, but also he's got a four-pitch mix that is just lethal. Um, two variations of his breaking ball. He's got a fastball that rings up in the high 90s. Uh, there's a lot of John Lester to him, Coach. I, I remember calling in last Sounds year. Sounds like it, yeah. And yeah. I, I remember calling in. This is kind of crazy to say. I called this show last year and spoke to you about him, and I said he's got a lot of John Lester in him, and uh, that has just proven to be the case, man. He is he is the most talented lefty I've ever been around, and I couldn't be happier for him. What about your Notre Dame Irish? Uh, easy start with Navy today, forty-two to three. Lots of uh, positives. This offense could be pretty interesting. Wish I could have caught more of the game. I caught bits and pieces. That was a heck of a W. And I remember listening to sports radio here in town. A lot of folks commented on probably good to start with Navy. That you can prep for that triple option offense. Right away, I, I have talked to many folks around here, and they have said that playing Navy in the middle of the season can actually derail you a little bit because you've been preparing. Let's say you play Navy week six. Right, right. You, you've, been, you've been preparing for spread offenses for the first five weeks, and then, oh, here's a quick puzzle piece for you. you got to have the triple option. you got to completely change your preparation. You know, it's probably like getting Jim Beheim in the Elite Eight, right? Where you got you've been playing <laughs> yeah. man, you've been playing <laughs> right. man for the round of thirty-two, the Sweet Sixteen. But oh boy, you gotta you gotta prep for the zone for the Elite Eight. That's got to be a death wish, and that's probably the same type of feeling in the middle of the season preparing for a triple option. So good that the Irish got to prepare for that all spring and fall long. And hey, now the now the preparation starts for the big boys. Here comes Ohio State. Here right. comes USC. Great right. start to the year, but. Uh, I thought Sam Hartman looked outstanding. He did. Now, uh, Indiana Sports Talk went global tonight. Dr. Lynn Clark calls me from Dublin for the little oh. post-game report and, and had some great, great words to say about you. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, he's a big he's a big fan of yours. He sure is. Yeah. Well, that's an honor. I'm a big fan of his. Well, I mean, you're there in South Bend, and he obviously is in and out of South Bend from time to time with all of his responsibilities, yeah. and he catches you. And he was very complimentary of uh, young Mr. Brendan King. Well, I'm very complimentary of Dr. Len Clark. Um, he has been awesome. And, you know, everybody here in South Bend is taking care of me. You know, I'm, uh, we talk about it all the time. I'm an adopted Hoosier. I've had many different communities now, whether that's Indianapolis or South Bend, but there are right. a lot of people that have taken care of me along the way. You know, big names like Paul Condry and Dr. Clark and and others. So I, I'm very gracious, and uh, I can't do what I do without them, that's for sure. You need to come down to Franklin and hang out with us. Yeah. i tell you what, I played 
I'll tell you what, Coach, I played Legends Golf Course this summer. I was down doing some fill-in work for you, and uh, I played down at Legends, and I had a great round. I, I had the best round of my summer, shot a 92, which I know doesn't <laughs> sound like a lot, but that's pretty good for me. Right. And uh, it's, it's one of the times, one of the few times, actually, I'm going to be honest with you. One of the few times that I've broken 100 this year was at Legends down in Franklin. So I had a great time, and uh, I'll remember that round for a while because I am not good at all at golf, but I shot a 92 <laughs> at Legends. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that. All right, Brendan King, have fun. We're running out of we're running out of weekends, so enjoy yourself, and I appreciate you taking time to join me. You got it, Coach. Love you, man, and I'll see you down in Indy before you know it. Two weeks left to go in the year. Love you, love you too. Take care of yourself, Brendan King. South Bend Cubs lose, uh, get kind of knocked around tonight, fourteen to five. So uh, running out of tether season's just about over. Uh, coming up in the next half hour, Paul Condry from the Regional Radio Sports Network and the Indiana Football Digest, our weekly recap of high school football. Uh, Week number two wrapped up, obviously, most of it last night, but some games moved to today or tonight. So we'll talk about those games and also give you a look at some of the top games coming up on week number three on Friday night. And so join us. Stay with us. We'll talk to Paul Condry. Always great to talk to him, a chance to talk to him on Friday nights after a game and then Saturday night recapping the action around the state. There were some really, really good matchups and week number three shaping up to be equally as good. Scoreboard update with Nathaniel Finch and then high school football with Paul Condry on Indiana Sports Talk. We're tied at seven in Arizona. Here's how it happened, top of the 10th inning. Sent to center. Thomas streaking back. It's over his head and off the wall. Green light De La Cruz. He scores. The Reds' first lead of the night. Steers team best 71st ribby. They have come all the way back from down 4 nothing to up 5-4 in the 10th. That's crushed to right. That's another run. Steer the windmill. He scores. That is smoked over second base hit. Hopkins green light, throw from Thomason center cut. Hopkins scores. Three straight run scoring hits and a 7-4 lead for the Reds as Boos chorus down in Phoenix. Now that 7-4 lead quickly disappeared. 7-7, we're now in the top of the 11th. Alexis Diaz came out to close it. Just couldn't get it done. Three more runs in the heart of the lineup for Arizona. So we're tied at 7 we are at the top of the 11th, and Ellie De La Cruz currently up to bat. He's 0 for 3 today, trying to change that. He just saw strike one go across the plate. He's got TJ Friedel on second as the as the extra runner for extras here. So we'll see how this one goes. I'll tell you about it. The 11:45 scoreboard update. It's a thriller in Arizona. Of course, this. After the D-backs led for nothing halfway through the game. Pretty impressive to see the Rally Reds come back from that one. Those highlights provided from Bally Sports Ohio. 7-7, I'll tell you the score. And 15, Nathaniel Finch with Network Indiana Sports. 
Welcome back, everyone. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk, one of my favorite times of the weekend, Saturday night, my conversation with Paul Condry, member of the Indiana Football Hall of Fame, the Indiana Broadcasters and Sports Writers Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame human being, best friend football has in the state of Indiana, publisher of the Indiana Football Digest, founder of the Regional Radio Sports Network, Paul Condry, week number two, high school football in the books. Hot one last night. The heat was uh, oppressive various places around the state. I mean, I'm not so sure it necessarily affected the level of play, but there's a lot of cramping uh, and a lot of things that people had to adjust to because of the, the thickness of the air and the heat we had last night. And it probably, Coach, as always, great to be with you. Probably more in the south than it was in northwest and north central right. Indiana. We were fortunate that we didn't get the uh, the humidity that everybody got in central and southern Indiana. We certainly did get the lightning that they did downstate. Uh, thus, uh, you know, there were relatively several uh, cancellations and postponements, and they moved those games forward to be played tonight and as well as uh, even this afternoon. But, yeah, the weather's been a factor all week as most teams were forced to go inside. They've had to adjust their practice schedules. And once again, and what that what that does is that puts on a premium on how hardworking our certified athletic trainers are, as mm-hmm. well as mm-hmm. our team doctors, uh, guys and gals who just play such a pivotal role in the success of what high school and college athletes have to go through on a day-to-day and a week-to-week and month-by-month basis. And they play such an important role in our kids' developments and coaches' development. And so, you know, once again, that's part of your staff. Those guys and gals get the chance to really kind of really designate and and dictate some of the policies that we go forward. And it's not like you and I when we were growing up. Oh, let's just take a couple salt tablets and let's get back to it, right? (laughs) No, no, you're exact. No, you're you're, – I laugh because back – when we played it was you were not allowed to take you were not allowed to get a drink you, uh, i mean exactly. really you, you and you had to get take a salt tablet and then suck it up and try to kill yourself because uh we didn't we didn't realize what we didn't know at that time uh, absolutely people laugh especially the younger generation when they watch that movie remember the remember the titans and the legendary herman right. boone saying hey don't you get any blood on my uniform and you certainly don't want to worry about your water water makes you weak and i mean yeah. you remember those yeah. lines and that's exactly the way we were programmed that by that that point in time but certainly we understand the dynamics we certainly understand the yeah. differences and i think uh you know we, you and i we have talked about this for 30 some <laughs> years we've done this show together about <laughs> Right. How, how when high school football starts, it, it starts out in the 80s and the 90s and maybe in the 100s, and it ends in the 20s. And uh, and so that's what it's neat. And then, of course, perfect conditions on Thanksgiving weekend playing in, in beautiful uh, Lucas Oil Stadium. Right. So when you put all that together, that's what we saw in week number two. But there were some great games. We saw some great performances. We saw some teams play outside their minds. We saw games that were just absolute shootouts. I, I mean, when you think about the two teams combining for 117 points, teams scoring on the last play of the game, we're talking about some of the great teams in all of Indiana. And once again, Center Grove knocking off a two-time defending champion, the first loss of the and since 2018 for a team out of Tennessee. We saw all kinds of things happen across the state. That Westfield Lawrence Central game that I alluded to with 117 points, Brownsburg Cathedral and a great 
shootout between two great teams. We saw that. Uh, I know you're a Quaker, my heart, and forever will be. But that Harrison <laughs> team jumping out to a 14 right. nothing league, Plainfield roaring back to pick up uh, 15 unanswered points. And we saw games decided on two-point conversions on the final play. We saw teams just make big plays, and that's what we're going to start to see as the season unfolds here in uh, 2023. It was a really, really good night of American tackle football. We saw some teams knock off some uh, some big points. We saw some major milestones. Corey Yeoman, the great coach at Penn, and I mentioned this mm-hmm. to you, uh, you know, earlier in the week. Uh, Corey won his 200th game, and people think to yourselves, say, "Listen, what is what's the big difference? A lot of guys win 200, but what is uh, what happened last night? Penn High School became the first school in the history of Indiana football to have two. 200 win coaches wow. at the same school. Wow. And of course, Chris Giesman, who right. won 339 right. games, five time state champions. And then Corey, who took over for Gies, you know, a couple decades ago, just won his 200th last night against arch rival Mishawaka High School in the grocery cart game. So there were so many really neat stories from one corner of the state from northwest Indiana down along the toe all the way to the heel up to the fort and everything else in between. It was a great night in week number two. One of the games clearly that, that caught every uh, everyone's attention was uh, the Cathedral and Brownsburg game. Brownsburg winning that one 45-31. I was surprised that they get a two-touchdown advantage at Brownsburg, which I think underscores how good John Hart's group is this year. They've got four or five really tremendously talented players, but I think you have to give Garrett Sherrill uh, a tremendous amount of credit. Uh, 26 rushes, 182 yards, they're great running back. And Jake Dunn, just kind of outdueled, if it's even remotely possible, Danny O'Neill. He was 11 of 15, 258 mm-hmm. yards and three touchdowns. Now, granted, Danny O'Neill was 22 of 39 for. 385 yards and four touchdowns, but I give Brownsburg's defense a lot of credit. They held Cathedral to only 80 yards rushing, and then that just doesn't happen. And what what it, what it what it what it says is okay, Brownsburg. Yeah, you're really really good, but guess what? Franklin Central unbeaten is going to come and play you on Friday, and Brownsburg's going to have a rough uh, road to hoe. And conversely. Cathedral, what are you made of? Well, guess who's coming to Indianapolis this next Friday? <laughs> Unbeaten and ninth-ranked Penn coming off one of the emotional wins in their program's history right. where they beat Mishawaka. So uh, there's no rest for the weary. Next week's 6A slate, and I know that we'll talk about this a little bit, next week's 6A slate may be the best week of high school football in 6A that we will see all season long. Almost every ranked team has a marquee matchup. And it is mm-hmm. going to be a slobber knocker in week three. You had to get that word in. I get disappointed when I get disappointed when it doesn't get in. So there you have it. So six A was one of those nights where you had great games. Um, it's and it, it's as we've talked about before. It's a pretty balanced classification. You alluded to Center Grove with a tremendous win last night uh, a much needed win for them and their schedule doesn't get any easier but if you uh, you look around i mean it was just one of those nights where uh, great games uh, all over all classes uh, you had uh, who did you have last night you had merrillville and hobart how good is merrillville this is a good win over a good hobart team last yeah, night yeah this is a this is a really good football team they've got 18 juniors 
They're they're talented sophomore quarterback. I hate to make this comparison. Very Barry Sanders esque. Barry mm-hmm. Sanders, amazing player, but I'm going to tell you what, right now, the JQ is an outstanding running back. He is going to present problems for the next three years for people. And he had a sensational night last night. I'm talking about GQ Johnson, the 5'7", 184-pound uh, sophomore running back. Uh, all he did last night was uh, go off for 173 yards and two touchdowns. And I'm going to give Brad Cecil a lot of credit. They're on four possessions. He could have gone for it on fourth in a, in a couple yards. Mm-hmm. He put the punt team in, and he could have run it up and probably put another four scores on the board uh, against Hobart. Uh, this series is coming right. to an end next year at the Brickyard, and uh, that was a great win there. But, you know, it's interesting that the Dunlap Conference, both the both the, the two of the top teams were playing literally in Maryville last night because Valparaiso flexed its muscles uh, going to 59-59 Broadway and knocking off Andre, just absolutely dismantling them 55 to 18 behind Travis Davis, 177 yards and mm-hmm. three touchdowns. So it's going to be interesting. But Crown Point and and Maribel will match up again or will match up for the first time as league play gets underway. Uh, the first three really very very great football teams in in the Dunlin Conference uh, with Crown Point, Valparaiso, and uh, Maryville. and those two those three teams are going to fight it out for the, I think for that that league championship as the season unfolds. Hey, Paul, hang on through the scoreboard update. We'll talk about uh, week number three after a fantastic week number two. This is Indiana Sports Talk. Nathaniel Finch with Network Indiana Sports expecting a conclusion to the Reds game any second now. Reds currently up 8-7, to seven, bottom of the 11th, two outs, but a guy on third, a 2-1 count for the batter Herrera right now. Now let's get into the rest of the scores for today. It's the final scoreboard update. Notre Dame beat Navy 42-3 in Dublin, Ireland. Cubs beat the Pirates 10-6. We have the White Sox beating the A's 6-2. Cardinals fall to a tough one in Philadelphia 2-1. Tigers lose at home to the Astros 9-2. Guardians fall in Canada to the Blue Jays 8-3. The Orioles winners over the Rockies 5-4. The Braves head to San Francisco. They win 7-3 over the Giants. Mariners blow out the Royals at home 15-2. Red Sox winners 8-5 over the Dodgers in Boston. Rays win 3-0 against the Yankees. Nats come back beat the Marlins 3-2 in Miami. The Brewers, seven straight wins for the NL Central leading team. 5-4 winners at home over the Padres. Rangers finally get off the schneid. They had eight straight losses. They now win 6-2 over the Twins at home. Angels beat the Mets in New York. 5-3 was that score. As far as the Reds game just concluded, the Reds win. Come back from 4-0 in the sixth inning. They now win 8-7. And that's a huge one for the Reds here in the NL Centrals. They're trying to close the gap with the Brewers. Now let's get to some minor league baseball scores. Not great for Indiana. The Indians lose to the Cubs 4-3. The South Bend Cubs lose to the Cedar Rapids Colonels 14-5. The Tint Caps lose to the Goons 5-0. Indy 11 wins 2-1 over Loudoun United FC. Welcome back, everyone. This is Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. The legend himself, Paul Condry, stays with us from the Region Radio Sports Network, Indiana Football Digest, Indiana Football Hall of Fame, Indiana Sports Writers Hall of Fame. All right, 
two in the books, week three coming up. You mentioned it. Uh, you alluded to some of these great matchups, but th- this, as you pointed out, might be one of the best nights of the entire year in terms of potential matchups. No question. Center Grove taking on Louisville Trinity, the number two team in Kentucky. I mentioned Cathedral Penn, Brownsburg, Franklin Central, Westfield, Zionsville, a pair of two and out teams. Carmel, one and one, taking on the 10th ranked team in all of Michigan, Detroit King. And that's just to top off some of the six. We got Fishers and Nobles of both those teams. 5A Whiteland in North Decatur, Concord and North with two Montbetons in the Northern Lakes, Plainfield, Mooresville. You know all about that. You played the next mm-hmm. great match. I know that. I played in that matchup. Yes, yes I have. Did. Yes, I've played Absolutely. in that game. Ron Colley, Chittard, great uh, old school Catholic matchup in 4A East Central Moeller, Oak Hill Eastbrook, uh, Monrovia, Linton Stockton. I love this one. Triton Central at Lutheran. A great one right there. Yeah. South Adams and Bluff. Yeah. So there's some great games coming up around the Hoosier State next week. We're early into this, but, man, these are great matchups. And uh, it's hard to believe that this will be – next. this coming Friday will be one-third of the way in. <laughs> this thing flies by because it's – number one, it's so much fun. And uh, you and I off-air talked about – we've been doing this show for – I've been doing it for 30. You've been doing the uh, Regional Radio Sports Network for the same amount of time. And, you know, you don't get anywhere in our business without uh, – having people who help you and uh, pick you up and make opportunities available and just uh, exist as a sounding board and someone who can talk you off the ledge from time to time. <laughs> One of those guys for you was the uh, the legendary Tony Roberts from uh, Westwood One, longtime voice of the Notre Dame Irish who passed earlier this week. I know it's made a big, he made a big impact on your life, Paul. Yeah, he really did, Coach. For me and Mike Knezovich, uh, early on when both of us were really kind of getting regional radio sports off the ground and then going, Tony Roberts was was a helping hand. He was a guy who you can pick up the phone and you can call and he would take time. I, I, I just sent to my staff earlier today some voiceovers that he did for regional radio sports and to listen to that legendary voice. And, of course, you know, he cut his teeth in Northwest Indiana, and I followed him in mm-hmm. Northwest Indiana. And you talk about guys that you don't want to follow in your perspective uh, uh, field of expertise. I had to grow up in Northwest Indiana where Tony Roberts cut his teeth. and uh, He was tremendous. He was tremendous in every aspect. Of, he, would, he had a servant's heart to, and always willing to take the time to visit with you. You could send him a tape and he would break it down for you. He would give you constructive mm-hmm. criticism. He'd give you a pat on the on the backside if you need it. He was just an amazing uh, soul. Going to miss him greatly. And once again, his impact and uh, was just amazing for Mike and I and some of the guys. And uh, he will be sadly missed because uh, what he did and his time with our longtime friend, another great mentor in our lives, Hank Stram. Uh, those two guys spent time right. together. And of course, uh, as well as some of the other great people he had a chance to work with. Uh, what an amazing soul. Going to miss him and uh, our our profession as sportscasters lost a great win. Can't think of anybody else that was more influential in my life than the legendary voice of the Fighting Irish at Westwood mm-hmm. One, Tony Roberts. 
God rest his soul. When I first started, yeah, yeah. When I started Indiana Sports Talk, he was as nice to me as a guy could be. And you talk about a professional and a really good guy. It came across very clearly. No question about it. He's one of those guys who went out of his way. And you know, you and I have been blessed sure. to be able to influence a lot of the young guys who are coming through our. And one guy who I, I, I just pride right. myself in the ability to to act like what Tony Roberts would do. And you know, our good friend. Brendan King, who's the voice of the, the South Bend Cubs sure. and who works with you on Network Indiana's The Big Show and whatnot, who's been a big part of the fan. I'm just excited because you and I have had that same type of influence on Brendan King, and that's what we want to do is pay it forward because that's what Tony Roberts did for us. Paul Condry, you're the best. Thanks so much for your time. We'll do it again next week. As always, Coach, it's a privilege. Thanks for being with me tonight. It was awesome. Welcome back, everyone. This is Indiana Sports Talk. Glad you could join us. Let's talk some college football. It has begun. Notre Dame in Dublin, Ireland, taking on the midshipmen of the Naval Academy. Irish win 42-3. Irish 101's Lynn Clark, who's been the busiest guy you know relative to this trip, joins us live from Dublin. What a great way to start it out, Lynn. What an impressive day for the Irish. It was 42 to 3, and I'm just one of 40, 49,000 Americans at Aviva Stadium watching a football game tonight. The debut of Sam Hartman and the emergence of a wide receiver by the name of Jaden Greathouse, who came down with two of those touchdown receptions as Notre Dame goes 1 0 on the season with a 42 to 3 win over their longtime rival, the midshipman of Navy. Yeah, you know what? We talked about it a couple weeks ago or last week, talking about you know new coach, maybe new scheme for the midshipmen, but whatever. Irish were very impressive on both sides of the ball. And you've talked uh, uh, in our, some of our previous conversations about how strong this defensive unit is, and you got to see it up close and personal today. Definitely the, the linebacking core really smelt that triple option. They contained it. Navy did uh, break off some big runs and threatened to uh, score, but the Notre Dame de- defense stiffened and kept them out of the end zone until a last uh, couple of minutes uh, field goal to put them on the board. But it was uh, also a great offensive line that provided the protection for Sam Hartman, and Hartman is the real deal. And the big thing that coming into this game I was very interested is which receiver would he establish a rapport with? Who would be that go-to mm-hmm. receiver? And I'm kind of mm-hmm. thinking he had six different receivers that he went to tonight, <laughs> obviously, with Jaden Greathouse, two touchdowns. But Deion Colsey, who had kind of a you know an interesting fall, you know, where was he going to fade in? You know, he had a good night, three catches, but it was Jaden Thomas who led the receivers with four catches as Sam Hartman passes for 253 yards and four touchdowns in his debut as a fighting Irishman. That's a heck of a debut. You know, when you're talking about the stage he's on, um, you know, I, I, granted, you know, it's it's a, a Navy team that's not a ranked team, uh, but but still, you know, his command. I, I, I love the decision making on one of those kinds of things, and you can tell he's got a certain uh, command of this offense and this group right now. And he did show his mobility. I call him a gunslinger. I saw him. You know, drop the ball down on his side and just kind of flick it out mm-hmm. to one of the receivers. And so, you know, he is a multi, multi-threat multi in whatever he does. Not known for a runner, but, you know, he can do it if he needs to. And then the Notre Dame rushing attack. Audrick Estime, obviously the leader of that group, 16 rushes, 95 yards, came down with a touchdown. But it's the five-headed monster they're calling it. You have five capable running backs. And Jadarian right. Price, right. Keeley's injury last year, 
he comes up with the touchdown and uh, Jadarian Price. And you, you just see the depth and the, the weapons that this Notre Dame club has this year. Now, next week's opponent, Tennessee State, FCS for the first time that they'll play an opponent. But, you know, the real measuring stick will be coming around the North Carolina State game. But right now, Irish fans have to be happy by the offensive and defensive performance that was put on at Aviva Stadium tonight in Dublin. Yeah, and once again, it's that offensive line that steps up and shines. You've talked about it before. You know, up front on both sides, offense and defense, they have to be pleased. And I know they're excited uh, and the expectations are high uh, about what they have on both sides of the ball. Yeah, Rocco Spindler and uh, Pat Coogan were pointed out in the postgame press conference by Marcus Freeman, and they have depth at that position and, and experience. So when you combine all that different, the different aspects, this is why they're going to be a good team this year because like Chris Tyree, you know, a senior, moved to the slot mm-hmm. position, leading by example. So you do have on-field leaders in most positions. And I think the biggest surprise for me has been the emergence of the defensive line. And, you know, Notre Dame is mm-hmm. going to get better each and every game. And so it's just going to be a fun season to sit back and watch to see the potential if it can be achieved. All right, did you uh, find an apartment uh, in Dublin so so you can well, be bi coastal, so in to one speak? Right now, my girlfriend lives here, and uh, <laughs> we're staying here, and I'm going to be here for the next couple of hours. But it's been a it's been a great experience for the forty nine thousand right. Americans that came over here, and it's uh, it's something that they'll take back and uh, and cherish and remember, and we'll look forward to the next time. And I think there's some rumor going around that it might be in Rome the next five to six seven. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm, I, I want to be you. <laughs> I really do. Hey, thanks for helping me take Indiana Sports Talk uh, Global tonight. I, I appreciate it. Have a safe trip back, Lynn. Thanks, Bob. Thanks a lot, Lynn. Dr. Lynn Clark, Irish 101, Irish Illustrated. Notre Dame with a solid, solid win uh, over Navy, 42-3, to the final. So there is... Um, a very busy week, a great week, uh, and uh, so excited to get through week number two of high school football, and we're into college football. So it's been a fun, fun night. We're so glad you had a chance to join us. Join us Friday night for week number three of high school football and uh, have some fun with us. Great job tonight by uh, Kai Talley, Nathaniel Finch. Jack did a great job uh, also. Jack Johnston, thank you so much to our great stations around the state to bring the show every Friday and Saturday night. Thanks to all of you for making us the most listened to sports talk show in the state's history. It is the history-making, legendary Indiana sports talk.